living to be done even into the night. Every mistake in life has its own reward and consequence. But the happiness that you will experience in your later life will depend on how well you have learned to be happy when you are young. For it is when you are young that you have to learn what true happiness is about. What you learn in your youth will stay with you into your adulthood. And therefore, don't get into any bad habits. In the youthful years, we set a pattern for the rest of our lives. It says in Proverbs 22, verse 6, Train a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, So, if you have learned to be happy while you are young, that will stay with you for the rest of your life. And you will have discovered the true gift of happiness. Some people do not always have a treasure. They just get a chance. They have no responsibility. You always have adults looking over your shoulder to make sure type of things that you're supposed to be doing, you have your friends, your teachers, if you have a job, your boss, all telling them what to do and how to do it, and then to top it all off, they also have great peer pressure on top of that. Sometimes there's conflict between peers. You're supposed to fit in, and there's pressure from all sources to look good and to be fashionable and successful, there is a lot of pressure, also sexual pressure. All these things are part of conflict, turmoil. Young people often receive conflicting advice from the adults of their lives. People don't always treat them with love and understanding. People in authority over them want to impose their tastes and opinions upon them. And so young people often feel restricted, hemmed in, pressured. What kind of things do they say? Does it make your life difficult? Some young people have it more difficult than others. And that is why these words of the preacher are so wonderful, so heartwarming, so heartwarming and so encouraging. He says, be happy, young man, while you are young. And let your heart take joy in the ways of your youth Follow the ways of your heart, whatever your heart desires. We want you to follow your heart, go your own way. We want you to develop your own talents that are unique to you. We want you to spread your wings. In fact, that's biblical advice to Solomon, isn't it? It cannot be that he wants us to do whatever comes up in our mind and that we can do whatever we feel like whenever we feel like doing it. That's not realistic. It's not biblical either. For example, it says in Numbers 15 and 39, you will have these passages to look at and so you will remember all the commands of the Lord that you may obey them and do not prostitute yourself by going after the lusts of your own heart so, on the one hand, we are told to follow the ways of our heart, and on the 
other half not to do so. You can't do it. You're my sister. You're my brother. What do we do with it? Well, that's what Peter just said. Oh, the teacher, Josh, wants you to find a good ground for him. He wants you to get peace. How is he going to get peace? Well, you can only find peace if you put sin and the effects of sin into the picture and how God wants you to deal with all that. And when you follow your heart's desire, sin and sinful desire need to be put out of the picture. So that reason he says in verse 10 that you must banish anxiety from your heart. Your eyes and your heart can lead you into sin. Your eyes are the instruments of the heart. In other words, the heart uses your eyes in order to fulfill your heart's desire. But what does the Bible teach you to do with your eyes? Well, it speaks about your heart, meaning the things that live inside of you, within you, what makes you tick. Your eyes go looking for what your heart wants. If your heart is set on the right things, then your eyes will also be set on the right things. Then you will be looking for the right kind of things. But if your heart is set on the wrong things, then your eyes will look for them. Think about what happened to David, for example. At one point, David dies, and then he left. eyes led him astray because his heart was not there. David did not do what Job did. In Job 7 verse 4, chapter 31 verse 1, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a girl. Job trained his heart and his eyes to look for that which God had given him to enjoy. understand that when the teacher says that you must follow the ways of your heart, that he does not mean that you must follow the sinful ways of your heart. No, you have to know how to put God's words into your heart and his thoughts, his thoughts. That's why you have men like Terry here. And that is why you hear the Ten Commandments being recited every week. And that is why you have to read God's word every day. And that is why you have to go to church on Sunday every week to hear God's word, to be under the proclamation of God's word. God's word has to be ingrained in your heart because Satan wants to take over your heart. And if that's what you do, then it will also be easier for you to seek the right things in life if you know what God wants from you. God's commandments to depend on the enjoyment of things. That's what a lot of people think. It's not as if life is a great big bore either because you are to be stringent. On the contrary, the Lord God gives you many things to enjoy. Don't ever forget
change it, and we limit ourselves to things to which we should not limit ourselves. That we do not enjoy life in the way that God intends for us to enjoy life. As Reformed Christians, we can sometimes be too restrictive and have an exaggerated sense of responsibility as if it is sinful to enjoy the good things in life. As if it is sinful to indulge yourself in the wonderful things that God makes available to you. Well, for example, I have friends who have time for leisure, who take holidays, who take time out to enjoy nature. Some are afraid to spend money on themselves or their loved ones because of the danger. They can easily go over to the other side and what happens around them. We can easily overindulge ourselves. And that is why Paul also gives a warning in Galatians 5, verse 13, where he says, You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. And that we can also run into danger of making life one great big chore. Some people are like that. They walk around as if they have the weight of the whole world on their shoulders. We become exclusive when we're like that. Even when we're young age, they live perhaps by faith, no mud and no problem. And God says no. Let them be free. You can only have a peaceful existence if you banish anxiety from your heart. And he uses an interesting word here for anxiety. The word has to do both with anger and resentment. All around us, you will see a lot of angry young people. Young people angry at all kinds of things. Where does that anger come from? Sometimes it comes from friends or other people in authority over them who have abused them, who have thwarted them, who have betrayed them. Or they're angry because of the hypocrisy they see all around them at home and in society at large. And there are many other reasons for the anger of some young people. And as adults, we have quite a responsibility. We may not restrict our children to our own dreams. Some parents bring their children up in order to live their own dreams through them. And so their parents pressure their children to become someone that they themselves don't want to be. And that can also bring about anger. They can also anger their children by being critical of them for the things they do. Whereas they themselves do or have done the same things or even worse. And therefore, Paul says in Ephesians 5 that we should not provoke our children to anger. Some young people are angry because they choose to be. They're rebellious by nature, for they do not want any restrictions. Even though they have been given all kinds of freedom and leeway, they're still angry. Because they're not getting what they want. They're full of resentment. And Paul says that we should not have these sort of parents in the house. You have to be different. Do you know how you can be at peace? The only way that you can learn to do that is by making it a habit to look at yourself. First of all, see your own sin and your own sinful nature. And to go constantly to God, to go to God, to ask for forgiveness and renewal. And to be humble. Young people tend to be idealistic. 
have a good sense of justice. They're able to see all the things that are wrong with the world, with the parents, with the teacher, with the adversaries in the church, with the brothers and sisters in the Lord, and they think that they have all the answers. But do you know what the problem is? The problem with such young people is that they are just as sinful as their parents and as all those in authority over them that they don't see. So they had better learn to be gracious and giving and understanding and patient. They have to learn to bear with the weaknesses of all those that God has placed in their path. They have to do that because they have to learn also to deal, first of all, with their own weaknesses. With God, thankfully, there is an enormous amount of forgiveness. There is no end to it. And therefore, there's no wonder that the Lord Jesus says that we must ask God to forgive us our sins as we also forgive the sins of others. To banish anxiety from your heart. about the fact that you yourself sin all the time. That makes me so angry about myself as well. But then you go to God for forgiveness and for renewal. I think that's important. Then there's patience. Patience about everything that's wrong with everybody. And about all the bad things that may have happened to you. Learn now already when you are young to put things into a proper perspective and learn to be happy in whatever circumstances God has placed you. The teacher also says that you must cast off the troubles of your body. King James says that you must put evil away from your flesh. We are agreed that you must put pain away from your body. You know what he's talking about there? He's talking about those things that will harm your body. There are many things that will harm you. Loud music, frightening to your ears. Excessive alcohol to your ears. Stress, tobacco. These things may not cause you pain at the moment, but they will in the end. And they won't live as long, and you will have health problems for the rest of your life. People who smoke heavily throughout their life often end up with oxygen tanks by the time they're in their 50s and 70s, or they die at an early age of lung cancer. The excessive use of alcohol will give you cirrhosis of the liver. Drugs will even kill you sooner. So the preacher wants you to keep a lid on your desires. Don't think that you are indestructible. Keep a lid on your desire to drive too fast. Keep a lid on your sexual desires. Learn to control your desires when you are young. And then when you get older, then you will be happy in your life. Wrong things will also help you. They will lead you away from God. You will just be careful not to choose an ungodly marriage partner. That will not only harm you throughout your life, but also your children and your grandchildren. You will regret it for the rest of your life. The Lord blesses in the generations, but he also curses in the, in the generations. Learn to be wise in your own heart. Allow your parents and your teachers and your adversaries to instruct you. Think about what God wants you to do. He wants you to be thankful. 
of the various different statements in this chapter. He says, know that for all these things God will bring you to judgment. Future, these are the future things that God will bring you to. Bring you to judgment. That means that he is referring to the final judgment. He does not want you to be destroyed in the last days. And therefore he says in verse 1 of chapter 12, Remember your creator in the days of your youth. What does that mean? Nothing. Don't forget him. As I said, shall setting the alarm on your cell phone to remember to do something. Today, remember God. Not that kind of remembrance. In the Hebrew, it has a much deeper sense. For example, when Hannah, the mother of Samuel, was about her child, we read in 1 Samuel that the Lord God said that he remembered her. That means that God, in his loving care, did something very meaningful for her. He acted on her behalf because he loved her. And that's what it means here as well. It means to lovingly take care of someone on their behalf. And so to remember your creator when you are young means to deeply care about your God and to do what you can for his kingdom. It is to realize that the almighty God of heaven and of earth is the one who is essential in every aspect of your living, that you need to spend quality time with him. It means that you have to celebrate birthdays. It means that you have to keep his commandments. It also means that you have to remember what he has done through his son, Jesus Christ. It is to remember how he acted on your behalf when he gave his only son to die for your sins. And it is to remember that nothing can separate you from God's love as long as you are alive until the day of judgment. Remember your creator. That is, think about the coming judgment. Final judgment is going to be a lot worse than any terrorist attack here on earth. Here on earth. Conduct yourself in such a way that you will never be guilty for horrible sins that those who do not want to be set apart from God make sure that you enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself to the fullest. There is so much to enjoy, but stay within the parameters of God's safety barriers. Remember your creator as you make your choices in life, as you choose your friends, as you choose the manner in which you make a living, as you choose how to conduct yourself over against your loved ones. Remember your creator as you make choices in your life. And remember him as your loving God who wants to protect you. God gives you restrictions and safety barriers to enjoy. He doesn't want you to suffer. He wants you to enjoy God gives you boundaries and there are many things to enjoy. As a matter of fact, the only thing that God gives you to enjoy will give you lasting enjoyment. Remember your creator in your youth and you'll be happy. Happy no matter what life